ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. ESPN Reno is in. ESPN Las Vegas. We're all over town here in Sin City. Damon is in our Finley Toyota studios. I'm hanging out at the Summer League at the Thomas and & Mac, and Willie is covering the Aces tonight, so he got there nice and early. Thank you, Willie. To Mick Ultra yes, Arena, Aces tonight against the Mercury. We'll have more preview of the game and the Brittany Griner angle, and also the uh, ladies on the Aces side are a little dinged up as they're getting ready here for a couple of games before the All-Star break as they will host the All-Star festivities. All right, 4 o'clock hour. That means we do the Big Four. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four Number Four So Willie, we haven't had a chance to track where the Stanley Cup is It looks like uh, Petra Angelo has it in the St. Louis area I know, uh, they was that a record number of names engraved on the Cup by the Knights? Did that come out last week? No it's always the same number of names. What it, okay. what the record? It's not that it was a record. It was a historic, in the fact that the names were engraved before they got to take it with them. It had never been oh, done before okay. where they've been engraved this this soon. So now, when each one has it, they'll be able to show whomever they have, you know, wherever they're at in their hometown, they'll be able to show. Here's you know all the names. So that had never been done. That was what was historic. Is there a max amount of names that can be engraved, like something like 72 or something like that? 52. 52, okay. 52 names. Did anyone get left off the cup that surprised people? Uh, more than anything, the president of the Golden Knights, Kerry Bubolts, his name was not on there. Okay. What do you think of that? What happened? Any, any sort of statement? <laughs> any explanation? What's the deal? If I, um, I'll be real honest with you. I've pondered this for the last 24 hours, and I just for I have not. I don't even know how. I don't even know how to word the reason. Yeah. I just have, out of respect, I just I have not texted Carrie. Okay. Carrie's Carrie's been very good. At, he'll he'll always text me back or call me right back. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't. It just just out of respect, like you know, all of a sudden it blows up. So he's going to be get, and, and plus, will that text get lost with so many others that may have inquired? And right. here's here's the way I look at it. It's, it's not as if there it's it was a shun. It's not as if somebody said, "Let's leave Carrie's name off of it." What I'm guessing is Carrie said, "You know what? Let's make sure that this person gets their name on the on the trophy. This person deserves somebody. There's somebody on there. There's probably five people that that didn't need to be on there in terms of." in place of Carrie, and Carrie said, I want to make sure I'm giving up my spot on the trophy for this person. Number three. Willie, is there going to be another, is it going to be another women's professional league that involves WNBA players? Are they the owners? What's going on with more professional women's basketball opportunities? So, yeah, Brianna Stewart and Nafisa Collier have... They announced the other day that they're starting a new women's basketball league. Um, so it'll run simultaneous with Athletes Unlimited, but the format will be different. Athletes Unlimited, there are 44 women, four teams, 11 players. They redraft the teams every single week. Um, they play three games a week. It's based on uh, similar to sort of fantasy points, and they have a leaderboard, and they can win bonus money, but they all get paid. Brianna Stewart and Nafisa Collier have decided that they're going to give 
quote unquote top players another option to play because Athletes Unlimited isn't made up of all WNBA players. There's maybe a fraction that are from the WNBA. There's also others that are still trying to showcase their talent to get into the WNBA. Um, but the reason, the biggest reason is it, it allows these players to stay, stay in America because the league's prioritization rules go into effect next year. Right. So Unrivaled will, um, it's going to be 30 of the top women's players on six teams. And instead of a traditional five-on-five, it'll be three-on-three and one-on-one custom-built soundstage in Miami. So, um, like I said, with the maximum salary being just about $230,000 for WNBA players, you know, a lot of the top players agree to extensions or agree to take lesser pay to create these super teams like we saw with the New York Liberty, like we saw with the Las Vegas Aces. Recently, Asia extended at a discounted rate. Um, so now they'll be able to sort of recruit and get some players to stay in. The fact that Brianna Stewart and Nafisa Collier, Collier have started this, I must, they're going to get some sponsors. They're going to get some underwriting. They're going to get financing for this. I'm sure that ESPN will buy into this absolutely, considering it's a it's it's started by WNBA athletes unlimited. Don't get me wrong; it's it's, it's a fantastic league. It was started. It, it actually started with other sports: lacrosse, volleyball, softball. Um, basketball will be entering its third year. So with this, um, I think that they're going to probably get a better backing. Although I will say there was a huge backing this past season with Athletes Unlimited in which we saw the um, they're starting their warm-up practice. Uh, <laughs> was, the videos yeah. here. But uh, <laughs> we did see uh, WNBA step up and allow you could buy a league pass. So it, it kind of in conjunction, hey, if you buy a league pass, you're good for next season, meaning the season we're in right now, and you were able to watch all the Athletes Unlimited games. And there were other uh, CBS Sports picked it up. So it's really good for women's basketball. It's a fantastic way for, like I said, the, the top players more top players to stay in town and there's top players that are already linked and dialed in and part of the player executive committee with um athletes unlimited so it, it's 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 going to be kind of cool and it's different three on three one-on-one the different formats it'll be fun to watch number two uh must watch tonight must watch tonight Damon. mlb all-star game or aces mercury what are, what are you watching you can only watch one the MLB All-Star Game. <laughs> um, we carry the aces on Lotus Broadcasting. Where's the loyalty, my friend? I, I, that was a real gotcha question there. That was. <laughs> Didn't get a win on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, man, you yeah. know, the home run derby last night, Randy Rosarina. I'm in, I, that's my pick for MVP. I'm okay. going at Randy Rosarina. Watch how I escape on this one. I am on the air until, well, actually, the Aces start after I'm on the air, but I think I'm going to a press conference after this, so I will uh, I will find a watering hole on the way home to uh, get a look at both the All-Star game and the Aces. How about that? How about that as a cop-out? Not, I don't like it because you're not going to be able to do both. You know, you're, you're going to be distracted. No, how no, long no. are you going to stay at this press conference? What if the coach is yammering on? You're not going to get the full experience because you're going to start both of them late. Number one. Well, I'll say I'm very excited for this press conference because I don't know if you saw it, Willie, but they're doing a presser for that Hall of Fame classic. On this show, we've been talking about it for weeks. It is the quadruple header over at the Fortress on November 6th. 
it will feature four games. The right. two marquee games are LSU's women's team playing yep. Colorado and USC's men's team in a game against Kansas State. By the way, Kansas State might be the, the team that has the best chance of winning a national championship amongst all the teams there. They're very good on the men's side. But Brawny and Angel Reese, I will find out officially uh, when the games are going to be played. But the release I saw today, Willie, it's not a block of women's games and then a block of men's games. It is USC and Kansas State men's and LSU women's basketball. Now, I don't know if that means Brawny is the headliner or Angel Reese is the headliner, but we've debated this a lot. How crazy would it be if LeBron James' son is the lead-in for an LSU women's game in Angel Reese? Uh, well, obviously, for storyline purposes, it sounds crazy, but it doesn't shock me because just yesterday I was being scolded and saying that, and being told that Angel Reese is the biggest name in women's basketball now, and so that yeah. means next year she'll surpass everybody. And then people tweeting two and a half million. So if she's the biggest name in women's basketball, then she deserves it, and she's the defending champion. No, no, no. no. Hold on a second. That has never what? been the case that the biggest name in a female sport at an event. I mean, I guess is there He's a is there really is there really a tennis major in the past where the the lead female really was the biggest star over the top men? Maybe there has been, but I don't I don't recall ever in basketball history. I mean, this is rare to have a quadruple header, uh, but in this right. case, a double header featuring a men's and a women's game. I think it's fascinating. I think it's really interesting to look at the direction we're going in. Um, I'll find out officially when the games are later on in the order of the games. Uh, but, man, that would be so cool for women's basketball and especially female um, uh, college basketball if if the Bayou Barbie is the lead star that is featured during this event. Now, speaking of Barbie, go ahead, Damon. Take a pat on the back. That was a segue. Speaking of Barbie, Willie, I know you are completely entrenched right now in the idol. Um, you said episode two of the idol was good? I didn't say it was. I just said. Oh, it, you just it, checked it, it off. It's starting to rub. No, I sent you guys a text. I sent Jordan a text. You sent an it email with a check mark. I thought that meant, hey, oh, it's good. Oh, no, right, I watched it. Check, okay, check okay. mark means I watched it. All right. Okay. What did I'm it mean, sorry. Demond? What's a check mark, Demond? I also. You sent the text and an email. The email was the check. Okay, so okay, that can be thumbs up. But then the text said it was a mix. It's um purple rain on on steroids. X-rated purple rain on steroids. There's okay. no doubt about it that there's more to there's now the more I watch it, the character that the weekend is playing yeah. is undoubtedly the kid, Prince, in trying to build up he 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 in his own right is is a music producer, uh, songwriter, singer, and he is building up women acts and he has this sort of erotic encounter with Apollonia and then there's, there's the jealousy with Morris Day. Now it could be a cross between Purple Rain, nine and a half weeks and basic instinct. Because whoa, whoa, some of the whoa. some of the stuff that some of the stuff that was in uh 
By the way, so now I get where you guys were saying and Uncle Paul was saying and yesterday DeMond's face when I said porn, I don't get it. Yeah. Episode two definitely okay. Yeah. Because when they cut when they when they show up at Jocelyn's house and and homeboy goes and sees Jocelyn's I don't know what she is, personal assistant, and turns her out. Okay. So yeah, I get it. Um the, the the writing is is not that hard. The dialogue, it's not as if it's like dynamic dialogue and great writing. It's no, just off, hardcore. It's he's very hardcore. Off. Yeah, a lot of the dialogue is more hardcore porn than the actual what we're seeing. Because okay. I mean, we've seen sexual scenes like this, like I said, in basic right. or in uh, yeah, basic instinct in nine and a half weeks. So anyway, yeah, I finished episode two. A check mark doesn't equal the thumbs up. It just meant I watched it, checked it off. Hmm. I've watched okay. episode two. That's it. Well, now we know uh, a lot more about Willie's emoji game. I will not misunderstand in the future. Um, I am intrigued. Again, I bailed after one episode. Now you're starting to talk nine and a half weeks, basic instinct. Yeah. I have to watch those shows or those movies oh, and by to get the a way, reminder. Now DeMond's got to watch it to compare and contrast. We, the show is hey. all in. We just got done with We just got done with our most of our run through the American Gladiators docuseries. And by the way, we talked to Nitro earlier in the show, so check our podcast page, lvsportsnetwork.com, for that conversation. But now our new TV assignment is to uh, watch all these movies that Willie is saying that the idol is like. Mm. you got to watch Purple Rain. By the way, the end of the first episode, they played Darling Nikki, which was oh, is, is supposed to be a song about an erotic, you know, it's a, it's a sort of eroticism. Dirty. From dirty. the movie Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. Man, dirty. Yeah, dir- Darling Nikki. Yes. Start masturbating in a magazine. Well, all right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, this hour. <laughs> Part of the lyric. What? Is brought to you by our friends at Battlemore and Injury Lawyers. Give them a call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. Dial 775 in the north. Uh, more on Barbenheimer and also the MLB All-Star Game right around the corner. Now back to Cofield and Company. Live from NBA Summer League. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Three hours. Have you have you seen it? I've seen it. It's fantastic. How long is it? It's three hours. And and Killian is everything you would want him to be. He is phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Yeah. It, we don't need an intermission? I, I no, no, God no. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Cofield, Willie. Willie's helping us out over at Mick Ultra Arena, getting us ready for the Aces game tonight. You can hear some of the setup for the game, rehearsal going on in the background. We got a good crowd here at the Summer League, and then DeMond's back in the studio. So, Willie, I made a reference to uh, Barbie a couple of minutes ago. You know there is a Barbie movie coming out? What's that? There is a Barbie movie coming out. Yes. 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 It is in I will conjunction. Not be seeing it. It is. Hold on. It is in conjunction with the movie Oppenheimer, which are two very different movies. But for some reason, is this like a co-promotion or something, Damon? What is, what is this whole Barbenheimer thing? And I read a lot of people up on one of the threads you sent over, and they're like, "Oh, we're so stoked about this. We're going to watch both movies." Like, really? Yeah, it's an it's the ultimate date night, the ultimate double feature. Steve, I sent it over because I am one of those people that are going to be participating in this. I have my Barbie showing first at 6.30, followed by Oppenheimer at 10 at Red Rock, if anybody wants to join me on Saturday on the 22nd. Willie's out. He's out already. He just announced it. Before I could even get it out of my mouth, he's like, I'm not going to see Barbie. 
I agree, I agree with you. I didn't. I and I watched the trailer and because I want to give it a chance, but it's uh, Margot Robbie, and it's basically the, I guess the idea is that Barbie and Ken decide to go into the real world, and then uh, there's a lot of yelling by evil corporate boss Will Ferrell. I mean, it was a two minute and forty second trailer. I didn't. I didn't get anything out of it. Did anyone else even try the trailer to, to, to allow themselves to get hooked on this one? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of the... Go ahead, Demar. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of the trailer, but Steve, that's why you can't watch the trailers. I need to go into the movie with, you know, with joy and excitement. I don't need to know basically exactly blow for blow what's going to happen in the movie. I don't know what's going to happen in the movie. I know that Will Ferrell's in it, and we've got Margot Robbie, uh, Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu... Issa Rae, I know that there's stars in this movie. Okay, that's all I want to see are stars. Willie, we're hooking you, aren't we? We're hooking you. I, um, I'm, I'm intrigued by Oppenheimer, but I'm not going to see Barbie. I did, I did look up Oppenheimer on Wikipedia, and there's a paragraph in here about the combo and being released at the same time and how they should be viewed as a double feature. That's why the trend's been dubbed Barbenheimer. But right. um, I will not be watching a doubleheader. I would be intrigued in watching. I don't know if I'll spend the money to go to the movies um, to watch this one. But Matt Damon, I'm, I, I'm a fan of Matt Damon. Um, cast Casey Affleck's in it. Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, fans of those. They're, they're not the leads. Uh, but... It, it, it looks intriguing, but I don't know if I'll go to the theater to watch that. And I definitely won't go see Barbie. And I won't watch it when it comes out, uh, when right. it's, you know, on TV. Well, we know you're going to watch a lot of WNBA the next few days because you're going to be all over the All-Star Weekend and have a bunch of stuff for us for ESPN Las Vegas. And I'll, uh, I'm going to be out there on Saturday as well. So what's the goal here, obviously, to win the next two games? This is the first goal. But what's the goal of the next two games? Uh, you know, what's most important here? in terms of making sure that they get to the all-star break kind of healthy because they have a couple injuries right they do well Raquana williams has been injured um she's been injured all season with a back injury um now candace parker has, is nursing an ankle my belief is that if they really wanted to taper up if they needed her if it was a tough game they just played minnesota they sat her against that team they could bring her into tonight's game, but they don't need to. I think that they're fine. And then they're off until um, well, they play tomorrow in L.A. So L.A. is banged up, and I don't think they're going to need her there as well. So I, 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 I think the goal is I think that they know they can win these games. It's to play smart, balance offense, and come away healthy. I think that's the number one goal because – just a couple of games ago, Jackie Young went out with an injury. Um, we actually saw the Indiana Fever come down with a couple of injuries, major injuries. So we're seeing injuries take its toll here in the first half. Something that we brought up continually throughout the, this season. Yes, the Aces are dominating, but they're playing a weaker schedule, number one. Number two, they've been very, very healthy. I don't want to put that out there in the universe like, well, if this or this happens. But they've been blessed with health. So I think the goal, more than anything, is to come away with wins and stay healthy. Knowing that they can beat Phoenix, knowing they can beat L.A., that's the easy part. It's staying healthy against teams that can play physical. Phoenix is now getting healthy. And an L.A. team that's going to look to play defense. Jordan Canada is a defensive stalwart. 
Um, they have some defensive players that play physical, so it's a matter of staying healthy. Those two teams are separated by what? Uh, I think it's two and a half game gap. The Mercury have been terrible. They're four and fourteen, but they could be getting healthier. Sparks are seven and twelve. Will either team be dangerous in the second half of the season and actually make a run and make in the playoffs? The Sparks could be dangerous if Lexi Brown comes back and she's fully healthy for the second half of the season and picks up where she left off. Because she can, she, I mean, at this point, I honestly believe if she never would have got held, uh, injured in the first place, she could have been an all-star candidate and she definitely would have been in the skills competition. She's that good. If she gets healthy and is available for the second half of the season, the Sparks can make a run with her. Does that mean that they're going to be a threat to the Aces down the stretch in the playoffs? Probably not, but they can definitely get into the postseason. But they need to be they need to they need a full roster and they need Lexi Brown at her best. Aces tonight, Mercury, Aces tomorrow on the road, taking on the LA Sparks. Damon, I think you are the only one on the show who was glued to the television for the home run derby. Did you actually call Vlad Guerrero winning, or did our guest yesterday, former major leaguer Brett Boone, say that Vladdy would win? We both called it. If you remember, I oh, even brought right? up my nostalgia for Vlad Guerrero Sr. and when I saw him win the home run derby. So that's why I was just going with Vlad Jr. Yeah, you know, I had no, you know, no actual analysis to back it up. Besides, I liked his dad when he won it, so I'm going to go with Vlad. I know, but why? Why give your? Why give yourself uh, any? Any guff for making the pick? You made the pick. You're right, Steve. I called so, it. Yeah, you called it, and you're like, yeah, I bet it. I just won $7,000. Just just make it up. Now, I can see <laughs> Willie's, Willie's looking all confused because Willie's like, wait, you picked something correctly on the show, and you didn't pull the audio to play it back for us? Because that is a Willie, that's a Willie tradition on this show where he's like, hey, when I get something right, you're going to hear about it. No, Willie, I mean, advise the young man. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing here. If you make a correct pick, you got to pull it, right, Willie? Demond's, Demond's more humble than me. <laughs> Don't be humble. Don't be Demond's humble. More, but Demond did call. I remember him yesterday because he went down the list and he goes, but I got to go with Vladdy Guerrero Jr. He brought up his dad, I believe. I, I you know, I, I remember him bringing it up, but he definitely picked Vladdy Guerrero Jr. And you picked Mookie Betts. I did pick Mookie Betts, and, and then I read, and then last night I was reading Mookie Betts. I was like, "Don't bet on me. I'm, yeah, it's not going to happen." And here's, and then, here's and then, a crazy actually, thing: you said actually, that during, you know, you realize spot, I was yeah, never God. asked to make a pick. You you never asked me to make a pick, and those were the two names I had it narrowed down to. But admittedly, I was going to say Mookie Betts as well. Well, I, why? I don't know why. You guys just need to start lying on the show. You could have freaking tag teamed and. I don't know no, what, what's don't a combo lie. pile driver on me and been like, I, I got screwed. I wanted to pick Vladdy Guerrero and you shut me down. Yeah, well, that would have been that if if we would have combo tagged, we it would it would have been was a Dudley boys. Uh, it would have been something with the Dudley boys. You know, uh, I would have like slapped him on in the chest and be, come on, get the tables, and we would have slammed you through the table. A three D is the finish. A three D, yeah, 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 yeah three D. Can you imagine if we finish the show? We go back to engineering, and we're like, sorry, here's a couple of tables we used as props. But, you know, as part of the show, I mean, we got it on video. It's going to get some good traffic. Sorry. I think they would understand completely. If that was the reasoning. Is that right? Yeah. Is that, James, the, way, is that the way the LBC like, hey, works? Is that the way they – anytime you bring back broken equipment, do you think the, the LBC engineers are real understanding? Yeah, James would understand completely. James would even set the table up. James would be filming well. it, and then he'd be like, yeah, sorry, Jed. It's part of the job. 
Hey, Willie, what was the story you wrote about uh, Southern Nevada baseball players? Uh, how deep did you go on that one? Because it's getting pretty special here in terms of the history in Southern Nevada with you know top-level MLB players. Yeah, that it, that had been a project I've actually been working on, um, and it dates back a couple of years. I had I had interviewed a lot of local coaches, uh, Don Logan. I spoke with Bryson Stott, Greg Maddox, um, just on on how deep and how we're, how deep the roots are. Because the, the hype about Major League Baseball uh, coming to Las Vegas and the players that are here that that are from here. You know, everybody thinks that this just is is brand new. It uh, comes along with the Golden Knights and the Raiders and the Aces. So, oh, all of a sudden, they've been producing Major League Baseball players. No, it goes back to the 80s. Um, and, and even then, and b- before then, you know, um, the Las Vegas Baseball Academy producing players, you know, in the 80s at Valley High School under Roger Fairless with the Mike Morgans, the Mike, uh, the, the Greg Maddoxes. Mike Maddox actually went to Rancho High School. So um, it was more or less just how rich of a tradition and, and, and now as popular as Vegas is coming, um, what it means, the, the pride, you know, that some of these guys take in terms of, you know, Greg Maddox being able to watch these guys, remembering them from when they played, you know, at, at, in high school and then and then on to uh, college and, and now being in the pros. He'll say, one of his quotes was about, you know, you, you, you take pride in watching those at bats. He makes sure if he's watching a game, he catches that at bat before he leaves. He may not watch an entire game, but he wants to see the local guys. So it was just talking about the history. Nick Garitano, coach at CSN, you know, talking about how he used to be a water boy for Chaparral's um, athletic program when he was in, in back then we called it junior high and then he went on to play baseball and football there and then he went on to play football for the UNLV Rebels and he was the place kicker for the bowl team and now he's the coach at CSN a nationally recognized program so um, just just basically the the roots of, of baseball in Las Vegas and the evolution sportingtribune.com sportingtribune.com uh, I highly suggest signing up for their morning lo- newsletter it's one of the best things I read every morning seriously live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno Thomas and Mack Cofield Summer League over at McAlter Arena Willie alright William before you run to go cover the game and we have the game uh, right here on Lotus Broadcasting I know you found a really interesting story, and I, I wanted to hit this too. There's a weird, uh, I mean, we've been talking about it for years now. Obviously, there's been a campaign by some people around the country to try to smear California and and also make California look like it's uh, kind of homogenous. That only one type of person lives there, which is absurd. If you've been to California, there are so many different cities and different kind of people and different political affiliations and different backgrounds. But I guess, uh, was this done on purpose, Willie, that someone tried to put a uh, Nevada vanity plate that was insulting California? Yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's at the discretion of, of DMV to reject. You know, you have to put in a request. Like, I've had a personalized plate um, <coughs> in the past, and, and they, have to do, they have to run a check on it. They have to make sure it's not being used. But they also have the, 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 uh, the discretion to, to turn it down. So this plate read... G-O-B-K-2-C-A. Go back to California. Short for go back there. Um, It was recalled by the State Department of uh, Motor Vehicles in May. It received a complaint. Colo TV first reported it. The vehicle owner is appealing the recall and it will have a hearing (laughs) tomorrow, according to the Reno area news station. Okay. Who pays for that? Now, I... 
I, I don't know. Well, that's, a section of the Nevada Administrative Code, according to this, a section of the Nevada Administrative Code applied to the recall prohibits defamatory references to a person or group. So the DMV spokesperson um, told the RJ, in this case, the defamed group is Californians, adding the department regularly turns down license plates that share the same message. Right. So a special license committee committee meets every Monday to review reported license plates before determining which ones violate Nevada statute. Willie, what do you think, and this is very unscientific, what do you think percentage-wise is the uh, population here natives, if I can speak English? What percentage of the population here is actually from Las Vegas, born in Las Vegas? Oh, man. How, you're asking me. Uh, it's getting loud in here. You're asking me what I think the population from the 2.2, 2.4 million that are here have come over from Cali? No, the opposite. That they're born and raised here in Vegas and have stayed in Vegas oh. the whole time. So 10%. Wow. Born and, born and raised is, I would have to say, is definitely, I don't even know if I would say half a million. Okay. Now, so you think it's a little higher. Now, now, let me clarify as far as past that. Someone like myself, who's been here since 1972, right? I don't. I'll never say I'm a native because I'm not. Right. I was born right. in New York and I moved out here when I was three. So, you know, when you talk about longtime Las Vegans that can talk old school, like myself, like our good friend Jimmy Jim. Oh, Jimmy Jim is a native. Um, but guys that have been here since way back when, right? Um, I would definitely say collectively that it's over half a million people maybe okay. close. i don't know if it's a million when i i remember in the 80s when when the strip transitioned from the las vegas las vegas boulevard cruising the strip to resort town when the mirage was built in 88 that there was around seven hundred fifty thousand people willie we appreciate it enjoy the game tonight thanks for checking in getting us ready for the aces game we'll see you buddy all right real quick Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum will take part in the Skills Challenge on Friday. Just announced. They announced the Skills Challenge participants. So Aces participating will be Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum. See you Very guys. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, 364-1100. Caller 7 right now gets a pair of tickets. Or, um, almost said Ari. Uh, Demond is going to hook you up. It's Dita Vontese. Has a brand new Vegas residency. It's at uh, the Horseshoe Las Vegas. Dita Las Vegas Burlesque Review. Tickets go on sale on Thursday at 10 a.m. Ticketmaster.com. Damon is going to hook you up. Call our 7364-1100. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Well, let's bring in Sam Paniadovich. We're hanging out here at the Thomas Mack at the NBA Summer League. Get your tickets at UNLVTickets.com. Uh, four more games coming today. So I'm at a basketball arena during the summer. Sam Paniadovich, you never know where he is because he's well-traveled. Sam, I think, are you on vacation or you just decided to go to Pennsylvania? What's up, Sammy? Mr. Cofield, what's good? Uh, a lot's good. I was asking you if uh, you were on vacation or you just happen to frequent the Poconos on business. Oh, yeah, I'm here all the time. You know, I basically <laughs> own a cabin out here because <laughs> I can go off the grid so many times. Um, yeah. so you know, you're on? the only person that could reach me aside from, like, my parents and my brother. 
Get out of here. Why? You know, it's funny. You answered, and you're like, yeah, you know, we got to do, we usually have a little more high-tech setup. The phone sounds good, but we're doing it on a phone today. I was actually surprised because when you answered, I was like, oh, he's on vacation. You didn't have to do the spot today. Well, no, I, I am going to do this as long as I'm breathing. You know that because yeah. this is one of my, my favorite spots of the week that I do. Um, but no, I just, you know, we have we have the all-star break. So, you know, the Red Sox are off Monday to Thursday. And um, actually, I'll be in New York for a wedding Friday and Saturday. So we just kind of blew it out and said, let's do the Poconos for, for really? three, four nights in the mountains. Yeah, I'm out here on the grill. I got this booze. I've never even heard of this booze. Did you get the picture I sent you? Uh, let me look at it. No, I didn't check it yet. What was it? It is it is Alcatraz Sour Apple. Really? And it's called Johnny Bootlegger. That's a good name. That's it a is, real good name. Yeah, 13% by volume. So, yeah, don't Woo! call me in an hour. Oh, wow. How many of these shots do you have where you've got a, a bottle of uh, liquor in your hand? Because, obviously, you know, it works well with, uh, with the bartender. You know, every time uh, he's making a bet, it's time to drink because you're going to win. How many of these pictures do you have in your file now? Like 50 pictures of different alcohol? Well, he's made over 70 bets in three years, so that's Ooh, at yeah. least 70. But it, it, it's become this thing now where if I'm, again, and I'm out here in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, and I'm at this, this liquor store, and, you know, you could always get Jack Daniels, you could always get XYZ, but I, I've never seen Sweet Sour Alcatraz by Johnny Bootlegger. Um, you just, you got to try this stuff so you know what you can use in the future. You know what's crazy? I'm going to sound so old here. I don't think I've been to the Poconos. Like, whew, this is going to sound bad. Like, in over 40 years. I am old. What is there? You're not to, that old. Uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't think I've been there since I was probably an early teen. So it's probably, like, about 40 years. Um, I played golf as a kid there. Like, I, I don't even know how, what, we, what vacation we went on, but I remember that. Are you an outdoors guy? Because th- this is not an outdoorsman show. I am not an outdoors guy. Yeah. But... I'll tell you what, man, like I, I couldn't wait, you know, once we got through the weekend and the last thing I had to write for Fox was they, they sent me a note on Monday morning at like eight Eastern, like, Hey, like what's your best bet in the home run derby? I'm like, Oh God, here we go. You know, like, like I really have the best bet in the home run derby. Um, so I filed that and I, I haven't lifted my computer and this is going to sound, I, I think this That's is good. worse than you not being at the Poconos in 40 years. I haven't lifted my computer in about 30 hours. Nice. Which which sounds like uh, it's a little yeah, window, but I, I know, dude, right? I'm never I'm never off that thing ever. I know. Yeah. Uh, we're never off the grid. Well, you're off the grid, sort of, but you're with us, Sam Panayotovich from uh, Fox Sports and uh, Nesson, and check out at uh, Nesson Bets up on Twitter. A lot of good videos up there. Uh, so we can do a little recap of um, the home run derby here in a second. But I did notice that. Uh, Fox Sports, uh, someone at Fox Sports decided to do a little bit of a feature on you, and I thought this was great. They said of Sam, a clever writer and brilliant analyst who's just as magnetic when he's dropping gems in videos for Fox Sports, and then went on to talk about how your path to uh, be a handicapper is a little bit different. That's a nice feature. Um, They actually asked you uh, about some of the bigger stories of the first half from a gambling standpoint, and I wanted to build on this. Why do you find what the Padres did in the first half of the season, as you said, fascinating? Because that's a team that was a World Series favorite. You know, not a contender. They were one of the favorites. I mean, they were as low as 8-1 to one to win the World Series. I mean, every conversation basically started with Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, and then Padres for the most part. I mean, the, yeah. the Padres at a couple books had shorter odds than the Braves. 
who obviously right now are the World Series favorite. But I, I think we all looked at what they did in the offseason. They, they go ahead and sign Xander Bogarts to a multi-multi-million dollar contract. And at the end of the day, Steve, they pay three guys over the course of the next handful of years. I mean, they, they have basically a billion dollars out to three guys. And that doesn't even count Juan Soto. It doesn't count you, Darvish. It doesn't count Blake Snell. It doesn't count Josh Hader. So, and I, I was talking with Randy Bloom about this at the Westgate. We did a story for Fox about a month ago about you know the three teams that really haven't carried the mail, so to speak. And he said, you know, I didn't think they were they were that good. But the problem is everybody bet us. Yeah. You know, like we couldn't make San Diego fifteen to one, twenty to one because we would have written it down. So that's a team, you know, I think it's fascinating because they were 8, 9, 10 to 1 before the season, and now you could find them higher than 40 to 1 to win the World Series. I mean, why not, right? <clears throat> well, I mean, look, we, we've, it's not every year that you get that lucky. You can find a team like the, uh, the 18 Nationals, who I believe were 60 to 1 around July 1st, I think in, what, 2019 when they won the World Series. And then uh, two years later, the Atlanta Braves were under 500 right around the All-Star break, I believe. Um, you know, it's not always that simple. Just find the contender that kind of choked early. But, you know, that NL West is is wide open. And I, I think the other thing we talked about in that story with the Dodgers is that, you know, the Dodgers are good, but they're not great. And that rotation has a lot of question marks. I mean, Kershaw's hurt. Bueller's on the shelf. Dustin May just had surgery. That's a team, when we think about the Dodgers, you're almost paying for past success more than future possibility. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like you're, you're paying for what they've done and not what they are. And we, as we know, Arizona is right at the top. San Francisco is in the mix. But if San Diego can figure this out, there's still a lot of baseball left. And, yeah, there, there, is, there is a lot of appetite from people that I know to bet San Diego 40-1 to 1 when you could have got, got them 9-1 to 1 before the season. Sam Paniadovich is up on Cofield & Company, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Have you gotten into this? I don't mean play it, but uh, have you followed the NL Rookie of the Year market now that Corbin Carroll may be down for a while? Could be down for the season if you know if he has a really serious shoulder injury here. And then Ellie De La Cruz just came up, and he's he looks unbelievable. Uh, the numbers at the beginning of the season, De La Cruz was 50-1. to 1. Corbin Carroll eventually climbed to, like, minus 500. Now he could be down for a while. This market is crazy. Uh, tracking the numbers today, now Corbin Carroll's minus 300 and injured, and uh, EDLC is plus 190. I still think De La Cruz is going to have that, you know, three- to four-week stretch where he cools off and yeah. goes through a slump. It, it feels almost inevitable. And if he, can, if he can avoid that, then sure, he's the rookie of the year. But... Look, these are the markets, and, and I remember you and I talked about Tatis Jr. before the year a couple years ago. This is when he got hurt sliding into third base and ruined his wrist or his shoulder or whatever. And and we had, I mean, Tatis was the favorite for, for months. Um, you know, DeGrom was the preseason favorite to win NL MVP or NL whatever, and, and then he got hurt, and then Tatis got hurt, and then it goes to somebody that we never even thought of. So I think the advice when it comes to betting a market like this you can't lay a guy three dollars to win MVP, a Rookie of the Year, or Cy Young, or whatever it is, because there's always that inevitable injury to somebody. I mean, Aaron Judge, for example, in the AL MVP race, he was a big favorite, and then he got hurt, and now Otani's hurt. And I don't know how much time Otani's going to miss. And some voters will tell you they're going to vote for Otani no matter what he does, as long as he stays on the field. But yeah, you can't be laying Corbin Carroll at minus three, four dollars, and you could have got him before the season. And 
at massive prices. So just never chase the number with these favorites in any of these markets. Right. Uh, yeah, NL Rookie, if I were going to take some long shots, I might bet uh, Senga, the uh, Japanese pitcher with the Mets, because if the Mets actually turn around, who knows, maybe puts up some gaudy win numbers and winds up striking out, you know, 220 guys. And the other one is at 80-1, to 1, Joey Weimer for the Brewers. is hit for a low average, but he's got 12 homers and 11 steals at the break here. Maybe he's a 20-25 guy or, you know, something like that, and he storms back. So this thing, I think it's wide open, and to your point, you got to safeguard against injury. So with that said, can I bring up a story I saw on uh, Nesson.com? And, and you work with Bella Fado, right, Claudia? She's part of the staff oh, yeah. there, correct? So yep. she wrote a story, and it's a good story, but she wrote a story about a value on some category props. And I didn't like two of the three. She's got Tyreek Hill 9-1 to one, to lead the league in receiving yards. And she's got Josh Jacobs at 15-1 to one to be the leading rusher from a yard standpoint and she said how is this even possible I mean both of those situations are screwy especially the Jacobs situation I have no idea what his mindset is going to be uh, you know the deadline's coming up for him and the franchise tag I don't know what the goal of the organization is I think Josh Jacobs as the rushing leader is kind of a, a, a scary proposition even at 15-1 to 1. I think her point was that how do you get the rushing leader from last year at fifteen to one? I, I don't remember, you know, verbatim what she wrote, but I yeah, think yeah. there's there's some truth to that. But I, yeah, I, I tend to lean more with you in the fact that does this guy even like does he play yep. ten fifteen games this year? Because um, he's about to get. Well, I think he thinks he's going to get paid. I think a lot of running backs in the NFL think they're about to get paid. Just ask Dalvin Cook, who's still holding out for a deal. But I, I think the issue here, and you know I I'm not a big Derek Carr fan by any means, but that offense got a lot more one-sided without yeah. Darren Waller and Derek Carr. Yep. And even if Josh Jacobs plays the full deck, which I doubt, other teams are going to stuff the box with you know seven, eight guys a game and make Jacobs beat you. And here's the other thing. They're going to be down a lot because that's a four or five win team maybe. Um so you're not going to be running the ball as much as maybe you would have last year, especially if Denver's better, assuming the Chargers are good, the Chiefs are good, the AFC is loaded. If the Raiders are a 4-5 win team, Josh Jacobs isn't rushing for 1,500-plus yards. I'll tell you the one guy that is getting a lot of love, and I don't know how you feel about this kid. I've been hearing Bajan Robinson all day uh, to, to be a guy that, you know, they're going to run out of the gate like, like a young Adrian Peterson. Now, I'm not making comparisons. I'm not saying that he's the next Adrian Peterson, but go look at the first couple of years of Peterson's career. They ran him into the freaking ground, man. And, and he, had, he had a lot of big games and a lot of big numbers. And that's one of the most popular bets for the wise guys. Not only do they love Atlanta to, to go over the win total, win the division, but there's a lot of Bajan Robinson offensive rookie of the year and a lot of Bajan Robinson to be the NFL rushing leader. Yeah, and I'm with you on uh, Robinson getting run. That's the, the kind of football that the head coach wants to play. Um, and they didn't pick him to, you know, ease him in. I mean, you, you get four years with these guys, and you, then you got to make a decision. So they're going to run, run, run uh, Bijan Robinson. And, by, by the way, to finish up on the point about her uh, receiving yards prop on Tyreek Hill, all that is my apprehension on Tyreek Hill, because his numbers were crazy last year, is what happens if Tua does have a lot more injury problems. And then you have to go to Mike White. Is he going to get 1,700 yards in the air? That's a talented team. There's a lot of weapons there. I mean, I, I, I you know, last week you, you were off for the show, but I, I was telling uh, JVT and I think Adam Hill, I, I actually bet Mike McDaniel, I had somebody bet me him at Circa um, 
23 to one to win coach of the year. Um, you know, last year that was a playoff team, and Tua missed five, six games. I, I know everybody's saying, "What if Tua gets hurt?" But here's the other side: What if Tua stays upright, and that team wins 12, 13 games in a division with Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Bill Belichick? That's going to be that. That's yeah. going to be a McDaniel love fest all season. I got gotcha. you. All right, dude. Hey, we appreciate you uh, while you're off the grid checking in with us. Have a good time there and uh, throw down. So, what was the name of the the, the uh, little bottle bottle of liquor you had? I've got it back in the freezer. It is the Alcatraz Sour Apple from All Johnny right. Bootlegger. It All is right. poisonous. I'm in for some Johnny Bootlegger. We'll see you. Yeah, text me in like three hours. See what I'm up to. Yes. Yeah. Well, see if you can. Yeah. See if the phone's off. All right, Darius Sampani, out of it. Five o'clock hours on the way.